0: Hello, and welcome to One World, One Health with the latest ideas to improve the health of our planet and its people. I'm Maggie Fox. Planet Earth faces many challenges pollution, climate change, and new and re emerging infectious diseases like COVID. This podcast is brought to you by the One Health Trust with bite sized insights into ways to help. In this episode, we're talking to Dr. Ali Khan, who's the Dean of the College of Public Health at the University of Nebraska Medical Center. He's an epidemiologist who spent 20 years at the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, most recently, heading public health preparedness and response operations there. We're talking to Dr. Khan about monkeypox, which the World Health Organization has declared a global health emergency. Dr. Khan, why are we suddenly seeing monkeypox cases around the world? Have they been cooking along quietly and we're only just seeing them? Or did something happen?
1: Both, uh, actually. So monkeypox, traditional monkeypox is a zoonotic disease a disease transmitted from animals in Central and um, Western Africa. Um, We've known about this disease for about 50 years or so uh, and actually know a lot about traditional monkeypox because of the concern that it could potentially have replaced smallpox when we eradicated smallpox. Uh, The disease occurs generally amongst individuals who hunt and eat squirrels and sometimes their family members. Uh, Relatively stable, has been increasing over the last few years, has smallpox vaccination, which is protective. Uh, natural immunity and vaccine-induced immunity has declined. What we're seeing now is actually, I tend to call it new variant uh, monkeypox. Uh, And this is monkeypox that's not originally transmitted from an animal, but is now person-to-person transmitted, uh, generally by close uh, skin uh, contact. Um, When we say intimate contact, that's what we're talking about. And generally sex, which is close skin contact, Uh, contact. This disease may well have been sort of percolating along for the last four to five years, starting in Nigeria, where they reported an outbreak uh, amongst the men who have sex with men, uh, and then with then occasional cases coming into the rest of the world. It looks like this spring, some cases came up into Europe, and then through a couple of festivals and bathhouses, rapidly disseminated since the spring to 77 additional countries, um, at this point. So percolating for five years, and this is rapid expansion that occurred.
0: Could the virus have changed or is human behavior a bigger factor?
1: The answer to that one is both, uh, both human behaviors have changed. So when we first learned about monkeypox, as I said, um, it was the traditional monkeypox is from animals and then occasionally, uh, usually family members who take care of people who are infected uh would be sort of the normal thing that we saw in monkeypox uh in this new variant monkeypox uh it's still skin to skin close contact but that includes sex and has uh, individuals especially gay and um bisexual men have gotten milder disease. It has been spreading within this community. So there's been a change in behavior, but if you look at the virus over the last four to five years, there's also been changes in the virus uh, at the same time. So it's a combination of the two that likely has led to this new variant of monkeypox over the last four to five years being transmitted within our communities globally.
0: How is monkeypox related to smallpox?
1: So monkeypox and smallpox are both uh, large DNA uh, viruses. So they're the same type of virus. And vaccination against smallpox protects against monkeypox. They're very different diseases uh, in terms of monkeypox is not as severe uh, as smallpox uh, happened to be. Uh, And even now within the types of monkeypox, there's uh, different types of monkeypox that are very mild and not so
0: mild. If you had been vaccinated against smallpox, you are partly protected against monkeypox. How does that work?
1: I think we need to remember that the last people vaccinated against smallpox in the United States is 1972. Uh, That's 50 years ago. Um, And even earlier than that for people who may well have been infected by smallpox unless they were infected by affected abroad. So yeah, there may well be some mild residual immunity from that vaccination 50 years ago, but that's not something I would bet on. And I would make sure that I'm taking the appropriate precautions if I'm a high-risk individual in high-risk situations for getting infected uh, and get vaccinated if the opportunity uh, is available.
0: What does this outbreak tell us about the need to be aware of diseases all over the world? This
1: outbreak tells us the same thing that the COVID outbreak taught us is that we're always at risk for the next emerging infection from a combination of human behaviors and uh, viral changes. Uh, we saw it with COVID. We see this now with monkeypox. We will see it with the next pandemic, uh, which may well be another coronavirus that spreads uh, by a respiratory route. It may be a vector-borne disease like Zika, which we were talking about uh, a few years ago, or very likely it's the next novel influenza, which we have seen periodically, which poses probably the greatest risk uh, for human health. And all of these being zoonotic or somehow related to animals.
0: How can the world in general help improve surveillance and response to viruses and other pathogens that may be causing localized problems before they cause more of a widespread issue?
1: The secret to prevention and control really is local level preparedness because a disease anywhere is a disease everywhere. Uh, this should be so apparent at this point uh, with you know, a disease in a Wuhan market uh, leading to a global pandemic or uh, West African cases of monkeypox now leading again to a global pandemic of this disease. A lot milder than COVID, which is why I never compare them. Uh, but the point being that unless we have good local abilities to understand what's going on in the community. So that means good public health systems and and a trained workforce that can recognize and immediately respond uh, and trigger that alert to to a national and a global level for additional resources as needed. Uh, Until that's done in every country, we will always be at risk at some country being a source of the next pandemic. I like to think about preparing and responding as sort of what are the three critical things we need. We need lots of things, but the core things we need is good data and science. Uh, And the monkeypox is a great example in the United States where we don't have good data. uh, We still have no true good sense of how much disease is being transmitted in the community. We don't have good data on who is vaccinated, how to link data that doesn't exist on who's been vaccinated, who's been tested. So we have very poor data systems. Uh, And even when they're better than in some states than others, there's really no mechanism or requirement to report them to a federal level to connect all that data together and help the the United States as a whole know what's going on. So you need data, um, which I call the lifeblood of public health. You need trust. You need trust in public health science. You need trust in public health practitioners. Uh, And that has been undermined by the COVID pandemic. And then finally, you need strong political support for public health. Uh, And those are three critical components to start off with before you then get into what are the data systems that you need, what is the workforce development that you need to make sure that every community in America is ready for the next pandemic.
0: Dr. Khan, why is it important to not stigmatize the victims of monkeypox?
1: So we always need to be very careful when we label groups as sources of infection instead of remembering that it's behaviors that get you infected. And the virus doesn't care what your identity happens to be. And in this specific case, the long lines of individuals getting vaccinated uh, or trying to get vaccinated is clear proof of how responsible the gay and bisexual community has been to make sure they educate themselves and they protect themselves and they protect the wider community. And this goes not just to uh, monkeypox in this case, but it also goes to, for example, vaccination of of minority communities where it's care where you need to be careful to say, you know what, it's not you know, a religious, small religious community that's a source of the problem. It's individuals within that community uh, who have a different belief system who are not getting vaccinated. And to be honest with you, I put that on us as public health practitioners to say, we are not doing a good job of improving vaccine confidence and educating that community as opposed to blaming or stigmatizing that community. So I think we need to own that a little bit more. Of How do we do better in spreading our message as opposed to the death merchants out there who are more than glad for profit or power to tell people that vaccines don't work, masks don't work, uh, and all so- sorts of other nonsense uh, about what doesn't work or god forbid what does work you know hello i need my hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin
0: Dr. Khan what have we missed what what else should we point out about monkeypox Uh
1: monkeypox traditional monkeypox uh, is classically a rash all over the all over the place uh this current new variant monkeypox seems to be different in terms of the sign and symptoms that are reported by people who are infected. You can actually have very few of these lesions, which is why it may get confused with, uh, for example, herpes or some other uh, sexually transmitted infection. So again, I'd like people to have a low threshold to get tested. Uh, And again, caution, not panic needed for this disease. As far as the disease is concerned, I would advise panic in terms of improving our public health systems, however. You know, we're talking about monkeypox right now, but I like to remind people that there's 450 people who are dying every day in America of a disease for which we have adequate vaccine, for which we have adequate diagnostics, and for which we have adequate drugs called COVID.
0: Dr. Khan, thank you so much for spending time with us and explaining this to us. Maggie, thank you very much. It's always
1: a real joy and pleasure to chat with you.
0: You can share this podcast, which is brought to you by One Health Trust, by email, Twitter, or your favorite social media platform. And let us know what else you'd like to hear about at O-W-O-H. That's O-W-O-H at OneHealthTrust.org. Thanks for listening.
1: Thank you for listening to One World, One Health, brought to you by the One Health Trust. I'm Ramanan Lakshmi Narayan, founder and president of the One Health Trust. You can subscribe to One World, One Health on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on social media at One Health Trust, One Word, for updates on One World, One Health, and the latest in research on One Health issues like drug resistance, disease spillovers, and the social determinants of health. Finally, please do consider donating to the One Health Trust to support this podcast and other initiatives and research that help us promote health and well-being worldwide. Until next time.